The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler, you're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason... Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds Who are you to, to, to doubt L. Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, so, how about hypnosis? Let's get so... Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 220 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLaRente, and I'm joined by our SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jode. Did you miss me? Of course we did. Hey! <laughs> Glad you're back. Glad to be back. Uh, anything exciting and new happening for you? Um, exciting? New. No. That was real drawn out to give you a no, but <laughs> nah. I've got news that's exciting and new. Ooh, what? We're joined this week by our rawcast correspondent, Mr. Samuel Kalunga. What's going on, hey. Sam? Yay. I'm all right. How are y'all how are y'all doing? We're doing good, man. Good to hear from you. What's up, Didi? Hey. How are you? All right. And we're also joined by the Rawcast broadcast journalist, none other than Magnum Prime. What's going on, G? Hey, yo. <laughs> I'm very excited that wrestling Voltron has formed tonight. I'm very excited to have the entire game back together. This is good. Yes. It's, it's, almost like, it's almost like when the Green Ranger comes around. Ooh, yes. Good point. There you go. Thank you. I got the reference. Yay. I was lost for a minute. You got there, though. And that's all that matters. The WrestleCast can be found on the web at www.cspn.us. You can also follow us on Twitter at WrestleCast. You can follow Miss Didi Jeanne on Twitter at Didi Jeanne. Sam, what's your uh, Twitter account that you're going by these days? Uh, you can hit me up on Rag Sheets if and when I do get on. All right. You can also hit Greg up on at Magnum Prime, and you can also find me on Twitter at Don Delarente. So, our news this week it's very simple. The Revival has asked for their release from the WWE. Reportedly, that is, hasn't been confirmed yet. So, with AEW out there snatching up folks like Chris Jericho, Jericho's on his podcast talking about, hey, y'all, they got money. And they giving out big time deals like NHL contracts. At least they gave me one. Oh, so, it's WCW all over again. So people are trying to get over to AEW as fast as they can. Reportedly, uh, Maria and Mike Canellis also asked for their release. But we'll see who gets granted their release and how long it takes because Neville asked for his release. And they made that man dangle in the wind for like eight months before they finally let him go. So. Sam, let's get your thoughts on AEW. Do you think it's going to fly do you, or do you think it's just going to be here and then gone later? I don't know yet. I mean, it's just one of those things you're just going to have to wait and see. I mean, I, I know that they got some good backing 
But uh, I don't, if it's just them themselves, unless they hire someone else or to run the show, they don't have much experience in that venue. And so we'll see what happens. We'll see if they'll bring on some, like, you know, some wrestling people. Apparently, they're supposed to have a bunch of veteran wrestlers be their agents. So, in that regard, that'll help them out. But, yeah, they need maybe one solid old school guy. The rumor is that Jim Ross is going to eventually come in and maybe serve as that as that guy. If if they don't get, like, big TV, if they get on, like, pop or something, then they're not going to go very far. Like, they, they'd, they'll have to, they would have to get somewhere like TBS or TNT or something. You don't think they could, well, according to Jericho, they've got some couple of TV deals in the works, but you don't think that they could maybe do something on streaming that could lead up to the big TV deal first? I mean, not if you want to get like like a, a mass audience. If you want to get the same four or five smarks sitting around the table, uh, you know, pirating your stuff, then yeah, sure. It'll be interesting to see what they got going on in the next, you know, this year coming forward. But if you want to hear how Jericho got on to AEW. He talks about everything, talks about, you know, New Japan, how that worked out, um, you know, doing the thing at All In, talks about the cruise and, and you know, how Vince reacted to all this. So it's a pretty good podcast if y'all want to check that out. I just wanted to say that Chris Jericho does wrestling better than anybody else. Like, he ain't loyal to nobody. <laughs> and nobody seems upset about it. Because he'll be here one month, they're the next, they're the next, they're the next. He don't let no moss grow under his feet. And that whole ain't loyal. And I appreciate that. He told Vince that he wasn't going to, um, that he wasn't going to wrestle for anybody else in the United States. Then he said his contract was up. Then he said Vince called him to do to be remember when Shane got hurt at WrestleMania, he it was supposed to be Jericho. He called him, he didn't get back with him, Shane wrestled the match. Mm-hmm. Uh they were supposed to do the thing. He said he went to Saudi Arabia the first time. He didn't really want to do it, but he was like, Man, Vince gave me a number that was so big, it's probably like in my top ten biggest paydays all time in wrestling for one day. So I did it. He's like, I waited all day, flew across the world just to be number fifty. <laughs> he was like then Vince called me back again to do Saudi Arabia again he was like I could do it but I needed a private jet and he was like I was supposed to wrestle um, the Undertaker in the casket mm-hmm. match and he was like I know we would have had a, I know we would have killed it we would have had the best match on the card da, 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 but Vince didn't call me back he was like so he put Rusev back in the match and then that's mm-hmm. when he said that's when he started thinking like hmm Maybe I want to do something else. And then he started, you know, the New Japan stuff. So it's really good. He goes in really in-depth and all that stuff. I just love his work ethic. I love that he's loyal and active when he's there, but he won't always be there. And I've said this before, like, compared to, like, a Lesnar who's allegedly there, and you see him monthly. Or as you might get Jericho for two months, but you're going to get him every week for two months. I much prefer Jericho's way of doing it. Good stuff there. So, Sam... Okay, so Jerry Lawler re-signed with WWE, and he says he will be calling the Rumble match. What do y'all think? Good. It'll be fun. I like him for the Rumble. Why not? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Oh, you don't care about that. All right. Uh, So, update on Flip Gordon's injury. He'll be out for about four weeks. Don, did you see when this happened? 
I did not. I did hear about it. Him and Chris Saban got injured uh, at the ROH show. Yeah, I watched the match and I can't find it. I mean, because he keeps going. That's the thing. Apparently, it happened like right in the beginning. Yeah, I'm still looking for it. But uh, no, because he keeps going for a while then. You could tell he's hurt and he's hurt and he's hurt. And then he just stops. He just can't do it anymore. And then that's what they call the match. That sucks because he's about to get a big push since all the elite guys left ROH. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. Uh, Chris Saban has a, another torn ACL and it's right knee his second time having his right knee torn. Yeah, that was the show right before when they were doing the TV taping. Yeah, he's uh, he's had bad luck, man. Chris Saban tore his right knee, was out 11 months, came back, then tore his left knee. So he was out another 11 months and then now he's wrestled for a few years, but now his right knee is torn again. So, you think he's gonna take the sign from God or no? Nope. <laughs> nope. He says he's Not gonna try to come back. Oh, okay. How old is he? He's like thirty-six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So yeah, it's it's all good news. All right. So uh, go ahead and get into Monday Night Raw. All right, Monday Night Raw live from somewhere. Memphis. If you say so. Uh, Ron Strowman comes down to cut a boring 20-minute promo. He says Brock Lesnar has always been afraid of him. He lists examples and tells Brock that he is all healed up. And Brock is going to... What is he going to do, Dee? Get these hands. Yeah, get these hands. Uh, everybody's favorite boring Corbin comes out. He says all Braun does is let people down when he lies and says he can beat Brock Lesnar. Uh, Braun gives chase to Corbin. The two retreat to the back where Braun shouts at catering and flings a single. Crash test dummy. Yeah, is that a thing to do? Just like when you see one of them, just throw them, throw them across the room? As far as you can. All right. The drifter appears backstage and starts singing a song about Braun and Corbin. Braun appears and the drifter tells Corbin, tells him Corbin is hiding in the limo. He smashes the limo and yells at the person in the back to get out. And Corbin slides out the other side. Uh, Vince McMahon, since it's his limo, is beside himself as he looks at the mess that Braun has made. Uh, after commercial, we see Braun trying to put the car door back. <laughs> this was funny. He was trying to put it back like it's nothing. You know, just a little a little super glue, you'd be all right. Now that reminds me of the time that I legitimately um, opened a car door too wide while my mom was backing up, hit the gate, and yes, our car door came off comically just like that. And yes, there was a moment there where I was like, well, what can't we just pick it up and put it back on? Oh, no. <laughs> this happened to a friend of mine uh, in high school. Uh, him and his other friend would drive around, would drive to lunch, and then somehow in the middle of like going to lunch, his door fell off. So he put it back, and he had to ride around with his friend on the passenger side holding the door with his arm so it wouldn't fall back off. He was like, dude, this sucks. No, we had to take the car in and get it welded. It was out of commission for like three days. Oh, wow. Okay, so after commercial, we see Braun trying to put the car back, car door back on. McMahon calls Braun a danger zone. He finds Braun $100,000. And he also cancels... Uh, what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. And he cancels Braun's match against Brock at the Rumble. Uh, Braun fumes a bit and then turns the limo, the limo over with some help from the guys in the editing department. Uh, that's the real heroes. Uh, you're right. The real MVPs. That's a commercial. Boring Corbin watches on as police escorts Braun Strowman from the building. 
uh, Ronda Rousey and Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax and Tamina. Uh, the match was kind of meh. Uh, Sasha wins with the bank statement, but the best part happened after the match when they're doing their interviews and Ronda's just gushing about, you know, how about Sasha and how she's going to add her Sasha's name to her list of like victories or accomplishments. Of course, Sasha gets upset about this and is like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Uh, the two go on and on for a while and get this. Ronda tells Sasha that she can keep the title of world's classiest loser because she doesn't want it. Now, do we need to go back in time to USC and look at what kind of sore loser Ronda was? Because <laughs> we have receipts. Well, that's the whole thing. Sasha was that's Sasha's point. Sasha says she's going to beat her and teach her how to lose with class, and that's why Ronda is like, "You can keep that." Uh, so the interview gets heated. Uh, let's see Ronda follows Sasha up the ramp and apologizes. Sasha will hear none of it. Uh, backstage, the superstar, the WWE superstars roster, you know, or main event, either or. Is lined up outside of Vincent Man's office. Jerry Lawler is seen exiting the room. Uh, backstage, Sasha and Rhonda arguing again. Uh, Bailey and Eddie break them up, but then they start arguing. Uh, the Rye Hot Squad sees them, laughs at them, and then challenges them to a match if they can find one more partner. Let's see. Lucha House Party versus The Revival. Which one's Dash? Which one's Dawson? They come down and explain how they got screwed last week. But then their complaints fell on deaf ears. How did they counter? Well, they cheated. Uh, also of note, EC3 appears in the uh, promo in the, on the, on the uh, Titan Tron. Man, I see why the Revival would want to release. They just treated their match like it was a throwaway segment just to get some insert video uh, interviews over. Uh-huh. So interview robot number three ambushes Vince McMahon outside his office. He says he will not give her the scoop, but instead will go to the ring. Oh, you missed the funniest part, though, when uh, he he Slater was up there and she was like, "Heath, do you want to throw your ring and and hat in the ring? You want to wrestle Brock Lesnar?" He was like, Shh, "Hell no, I got kids." <laughs> He's like, "Rhino <laughs> might want to though." Remember that time he threw him around? Yeah. He's like, "I don't give a damn about your kids." <laughs> uh, Vince McMahon comes to the ring before he can speak. TV's favorite, John Cena, comes out. John says that Steve Austin, The Rock, and even Brock took a hike and left Vince high and dry, but Cena did not. He tells Vince McMahon to give him a chance and he will not let him down at the Rumble. He reminds Vince that he has ruthless aggression. Uh, Drew McIntyre comes out and he says, how dare he come out here and say he still has ruthless aggression. Uh, He tells Cena that just like Stone Cold, The Rock, and Lesnar, Cena can just leave. Uh, Boring Corbin comes out again. He wants the title match against Brock because it is best for business. Uh, Finn Balor comes out, more talking, more begging for title shots. Drew lays everyone out. Vince McMahon is impressed. He calls for a fatal four-way match. The winner gets the title shot. So the Riot Squad versus Bailey and Natalia and a mystery partner. And of course, the mystery partner is Nikki Cross. Uh, the Riot Squad seem to be afraid of her. Uh, solid debut by her. Uh, the match itself was kind of... I could either take it or leave it. Uh, that Bailey elbow drop, though, was pretty nice. Yeah, she's beginning to use that more than the Bailey to Bailey. So Dean Ambrose cuts a promo in the dark in the back. Uh, now, somehow, Ginger Mahal has uh, convinced, convinced Vince McMahon to let him have a Fatal 4-Week qualifier against Finn Balor. Uh, the match starts with Ginger beating up on Finn. Uh, 
He beats up on him most of the match. A confirmed behind victory for Finn. Uh, Leo Rush selfie promo on Dean Ambrose, talking about his boy Bob. Uh, Seth Rollins also does an interview before the match. Bob versus Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose, Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Bob, Bob wins with a sickening spear. Ambrose looking to get a little extra momentum for the almighty, and Rollins gets out of the way. Yeah, Rollins sidestep now Seth Rollins unloading on Lashley and Dean Ambrose. Seth doing the only thing he can do. Oh, Swing what a spike oh my God. And now Ambrose from behind, driving Lashley out of the ring. Cover, Dean. I know Ambrose with an opportunity to, to take advantage here. On Seth Rollins, oh, roll up though by Rollins, and a kick out at two. Hesitation nearly cost Dean. How is Rollins even functioning I have after no that idea, buster? Let alone at this level. Suicide dive. Down goes Lashley and Ambrose. I take that back. I know how Seth Rollins is functioning like this. It's the only way he knows how. What the? Now Leo Rush trying to get involved. Remember, no disqualification under triple threat rules. Oh, great agility by the hype man. That's what Leo Rush is oh, all about. We invasive little guy. Oh. And Leo Rush doing oh, his no, no, job. Again. And again, Rollins planted. Rush did his job. Distracted Rollins, pulled him out of his game, and allowed Lashley to take control. And now Ambrose caught by Lashley. It's Bobby Lashley. Can the almighty one win the Intercontinental title? And now Dean Ambrose up to the top rope. And now Seth Rollins. Cat-like agility. Bobby Lashley there as well. Oh, no. Ambrose launches himself. Oh. Rollins lands high on his shoulder. No, R Rollins got his feet underneath him. Super kick to Lashley. Now to Ambrose. Leo Rush gets involved again. Spear. Cover. Lashley's won the Intercontinental Championship. Bobby Lashley's the champion. Here's your winner. And the Intercontinental Champion, the almighty Bobby Lashley! For the first time in his career, Bobby Lashley has won the Intercontinental title! A pretty good match. Probably my, my favorite match of the night. It's not saying a lot, but whatever. Oh yeah, it was good. So is he is he just the transitional champ until Owens gets back? I mean, he is the guy that put Owens on the shelf, remember? Yeah, I don't know. It this may be a way to uh, heat up the Ambrose and Seth Rollins, or maybe a way to get Seth Rollins into winning the Royal Rumble. Doesn't need a title if he's going to be the winner of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that was the plan for a while for it to be Brock versus uh, Seth. But then you know, Vince McMahon changes his mind like he changes underwear or depends whichever one. Mm. And uh, now for I don't know what this was. The uh, backstage agent knocks on Alexa Bliss's door. He has her latte. No answer. He knocks again. No answer. He tells her he's coming in, and he walks in on her with no top, covering her breast. This is dumb. As a as a man who is in the uh, business of trying to make sure his content gets a lot of views and numbers, I know exactly what this was. This was a way to get a lot of numbers on YouTube so you can get your uh, advertising numbers up. There, I highly doubt their YouTube numbers uh, move the needle when it comes to actual advertising. Dude, this joint on Wednesday had like 2.5 million views. 
that one minute and it's like a minute and twelve seconds clip. That that doesn't mean shit. I'm telling you, like, uh, it's, it's nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. They're all about touting their eyes on YouTube. That's that's what that was. That was just a you know way to boost their numbers. Yeah, uh, you see, Alexa Bliss comes down from her talk show as she talks. A guy in the crowd, a guy in the crowd yells, "Show your tits!" So there you go, Don. <laughs> Taking it back to ECW, man. What can I say? Uh, Alexa says she has the inside scoop on the WWE Women's Tag Team Title uh, match. It will happen inside Elimination Chamber. No one in the crowd cares, and they simply gloss over this. And Alexa moves right on, moves on to her next thing, which is Paul Heyman. Who comes out doing his own intro? Uh, he talks about the prospective proponents for Brock Lesnar. Some guy comes out and interrupts. Uh, his partner interrupt comes out, and you know, I realize it's heavy machinery. Uh, before we move on, Miss Didi Jone, what did you think about the look of the women's tag team titles? Uh, I didn't like it. Really? Because the the um, the font it looks like tab team. Tab team. It looks like a B and not a G. Oh, tab team, like tab soda. Like the drink, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, you ever I wasn't a fan. I don't mind the silver and I don't mind the blue, but the font is not good. What do you think about the way they're going to decide the champions? I think that's traumatical and overthought. Like, but sure, Raw versus SmackDown. That's what I said. Seven fucking months ago. Great. Whatever. Okay, so the bell just rings out of nowhere. People look confused, and we go to commercial. Uh, Boring Corbin versus Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre versus John Cena. Match isn't really all that great. Finn Balor wins. And now Cena. Balor out of the way just in time. You see Finn using his quickness. It's brought him to the dance. Balor's taking these opportunities tonight. Kick out by McIntyre. Balor uh, in a grueling battle to knock off Jinder Mahal to qualify for this oh fatal four-way match that happening earlier tonight. You can see that Finn favoring his ribs, still obviously feeling the effects of Jinder Mahal, but fighting through the pain. Oh, Corbin just blasting Balor off the apron. And he made the rib mention of uh, Mahal attacking the ribs of Balor even before their matchup began earlier tonight. And now John Cena, second row, planted off a tornado, DDT! Is Cena going to advance to the Rumble? And it's McIntyre breaking things up. Balor, Corbin, Cena, McIntyre. Fatal four-way, and Baron Corbin! End of days! Is it the end of days for Balor? Is Corbin going to the Rumble? And it's McIntyre breaking things up. The winner, of course, will face Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble event in two weeks from Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona, streaming live on the WWE Network. I've got to admit, I'm impressed with Finn Balor still being in this match this deep, still being effective. But look at these two showing down. And yeah, Corbin and McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre. Look, look at, at the Corbin. Agility. He had a quickness of Baron Corbin. Oh, and man. Let's go kiss the headbutt from McIntyre. What is Cena doing on the top rope? The veteran John Cena. Top rope measuring his man. Cena. Go! Oh, oh my God. Buster by McIntyre. Jackknife cover. Cena gets the shoulder up. What a nasty landing. Corbin sent right out of the ring. 24! 
from McIntyre. Balor planting Drew. Does Finn have enough left in the tank to ascend the ropes? We're going to find out as Finn Balor is going up top. John Cena's in the drop zone. Finn Balor heading up top. Could it be Balor's moment? Balor with a coup de grace John Cena. Balor crawling to the cover. Here's the hook of the leg on Cena. Shoulders are down. And that is your Monday Night Raw. Good for Finn. Getting to see him in the main event of a good of a he good, good big pay per view. Yeah. yeah, he had a great week. G Money, what stood out to you on this edition of Monday Night Raw? Good sir. Um, Sasha Banks promo. <laughs> I mean, and I thought the the IC title match was it was cool. It was nice to see something different. Um, it kind of worked it to the strategy, uh, as you all mentioned, of, you know, getting maybe self ready for the main event push as well as giving Bobby Lashley something to do. Uh, Sam, how many uh, Sour Patch Kids would you give this edition of Monday Night Raw, sir? It wasn't that bad. It was okay. All right. So, like, five out of ten? Five out of 97. Whoa. This was this week's edition of Monday Night Raw from Memphis. Yeah, it wasn't a bad show. It was pretty good. What did y'all think of Nikki Cross's debut? She debuted on SmackDown a while ago. Oh, yeah? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, it's fine. Oh, her Raw, okay, her raw, it, de- it, her raw it's debut. It's totally different over there on the red brand. It's <laughs> uh, what, they're, what they're doing is they're saying that they're trying to get them on TV on both sides. So to just get mm-hmm. the people familiar with them, and then they're going to decide where they go. Nikki need to bring her ass right to SmackDown. They don't know what to do with her on Raw. She's too crazy. She don't condition <laughs> her hair. What's she going to do on Raw? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. She uh, she was doing crazy very well, like Nikki Cross does. So, but hey, I got a question. Speaking of the debuts, what what's up with Lars? Uh, apparently, he had a panic attack or something. I didn't read the whole story. That's just what? a rumor. I I heard that too, but I couldn't I, I couldn't wrap my head around that. I mean, of course they happen, but that's that's a really, really big deal. And if, if they can't trust that guy going forward, I mean, he's kind of done. I understand, you know, that's a that's a serious condition to have, but you know, you, you can't be no showing like that. Especially when you're the main focus of this new, you know, new faces of NXT coming into the company, so. Hopefully he can get himself together and and not let the pressure, you know, continue to get to him. But yeah, apparently he had a panic attack and he couldn't show up to his, you know, the television. So we'll see. At this time, just want to let everybody know you can also find the WrestleCast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitch Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. So at this time, Miss Didi Jone, as we. Mm-hmm. Raise our glass and take a drink. Let's go on to our SmackDown Matters report from Birmingham, Alabama. Yes, yes, yes. They are still down south. The show starts backstage with Becky coming in. Kayla tries to interview her about earning the rights to face Asuka. Is she ready? 
She's like, what you been waiting for? You already know the answer. But much like Vince McMahon, she don't want to talk to Kayla. She'd rather go to the ring. She tosses her keys at Kayla. Kayla don't catch it, but Becky is an asshole, so she says, great catch. And she keeps going. She runs into the New Day, who are making a pancake tuna egg smoothie. And it went way left, and New Day's like, don't drink it. And, of course, one of the machinery boys drank it. Then they give it to Becky, and Becky says she's the man, or her shirt says the man. And she drinks it, no problem, calls it weak, and keeps going. And they're like, that's the man. And I'm just like, but it's nasty. So I'm hoping they had a slide of hand, and it was like a nice little banana chocolate thing. But maybe it was just tuna and pancakes. I don't know if y'all are into that. Yeah, that looked like somebody's going to have food poisoning. Look like atrocious. <laughs> it was like, ugh. It, like there's no way any of them drank it with a straight face. They had to have switched it out when the camera moved. But just in case they didn't have time, I feel bad for them. Anywho, Becky's in the ring. She says in two weeks she's gonna get her title back. The title that has the whole world talking. Where is it now? Everybody thinks that what she's doing is a fluke, getting the world to listen, care, her being the man. They think it's easy until they try it, and they are all trying. Men and women are all trying to be a badass. The champ, Asuka, is finding out how hard leading the division truly is. She says there are those who try to discredit her, say that she's all hype. However, she delivers on everything she says every single time. If you want to talk hype, you can talk Asuka, who was built up as indestructible, undefeatable, blah, 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 until she met Charlotte, and then she lost, and she's pretty much kept losing since then. Long story, not so long. So then Oscar comes out. She says, Becky likes hype and talk. Buzz, buzz, buzz like a beat, but she don't got no sting. And she says, after the Royal Rumble, Becca will, <laughs> Becky will not be in Charlotte's shadow. She'll be in Oscar's shadow. The double iconics have heard enough. They claim this is not how Oscar should behave as champion. There's no dignity. There's no class. And bully Becky's behavior is typical of a man. All this nonsense is temporary because it doesn't matter who wins the title match because those girls, the double iconics, are going to win the Women's Royal Rumble match and become the first ever WWE Women Tag Team Champions. And then they will make WrestleMania double iconic. But those two matches don't have anything to do with you. Anyway, so Becky looks towards Asuka, says, you want to know what the buzz is about? I'll tell you about the buzz. Which one of you double iconics want to get this ass whooping? It was Peyton Royce. Becky, it was a long match. It's not like it was a squash match. But Becky Lynch does get the win with the disarmor. So almost immediately, Oscar gets into the ring. It gets on the mic and starts saying some good shit in Japanese. Nobody knows what she said. But it basically was Japanese or one of y'all going to get these hands. So figure it out. That's what she said. Trust me. So, Billy Kay has the match, ring maybe 45 seconds, maybe a minute, but then she puts her in an arm bar, turns, and stares straight at Becky like, what, bitch? Billy Kay rolls Asuka up for one, two, Asuka reverses and puts her in the Asuka lock, and Becky is taps, no, Billy Kay taps immediately. Becky enters the ring, they're face-to-face. Before they can say anything, randomly AJ Styles music hits. And I was like, y'all should both double kick him in the chin for taking your time. Because then nobody asked for him. 
Don't if I don't stand for you, don't come for me. Okay, go away. Maybe he was. Maybe he was coming. He was looking for you to pay his rent. He can direct deposit or cash out, but like normal human beings, I don't need to see him. Thank you. But like I said, his music hits. He comes out. He walks around. Gives the girls a side eye. Then goes up the stairs. Back from commercial, he's at the concession stand with some hot dogs and sodas and seventeen carefully selected fans. Uh, he says that Daniel Bryan says these people are losers, but AJ don't think so. I'm not here to judge. He said they spent their money to be here. They can eat whatever they want. They said these are these people are no different from the fans in Arizona. When they see him kick Daniel Bryan's ass, he's tossing t-shirts, hats, and gloves. From out of the crowd arrives a man in a hoodie. He attacks AJ Styles. You will be shocked to find out it's Daniel Bryan. He sends AJ into the wall. They wrestle. AJ grabs Daniel, slams him into the table full of hot dogs. Mustard and ketchup is everywhere. Security has to hold AJ back. It's so funny that he powerbombed him right on them hot dogs that he was complaining about last week. That is what you call continuity. He had mustard everywhere. Then the security people came in and he was safe because he slid on that mustard and busted his ass. (laughs) Uh, Backstage, the Usos are doing a photo shoot for the Royal Rumble looking like some goddamn snacks. Yes, genetics. They get a gift. It's a red box. They open it up. It's a rose. In the rose is a letter. Dear Jimmy, I've been a naughty girl. I want you to lock me up in the Uso penitentiary. I'll be waiting. Ooh, they're excited. Love, Mandy. Ooh, drama. And then there's a key to her hotel room. Because we love mess. We'll get to that later. Backstage, Joe of the Samoas is walking. He's stopped by EC3 looking at himself in the mirror. And he shakes his head and keeps going. They know each other, right? Yeah. Um, TNA. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. That's why so, somebody Joe had that look like this This dude right here, he's still on that same shit, huh? <laughs> Great stuff. Um, Andrade's seeing Almas and Zelina have an interview. He says he's going to continue the momentum into the main event. He says Ray was his idol. The last week showed that Showed Ray the times have changed. Now he is the future. It's 2019. And in the future, Andrade beats Ray, then 29 other men, and wins the WWE title in the main event at WrestleMania. There's supposed to be a match with Mustafa Ali and Samoa Joe, but Samoa Joe doesn't fight fair. And he attacks him before he even finishes the entrance. And when I say he whoops that ass, he whoops that ass. He hits some ring post face first. Uh, the rest make Joe leave, and he leaves, but then he comes back. And he lifts him up and then punches him a few times, headbutts him. He screams in his face. He tosses him into the ring post again. And then he sends him into the barricade. It's all very violent. And it's like Mustafa didn't hurt nobody. Why are you so mad for? I thought Mustafa's little heartbeat was going to stop. Listen, you want to talk ruthless aggression. <laughs> That's what that was. Uh, you notice they, um, they, 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 changed my, they changed our boy's name. Who? It's only Andrade now. They dropped the scene on oh, us. Oh, that's stupid. I would have dropped Andrade and just been seeing Almas. Yeah, that's me too. That's what I would have did. But those things aren't up to me yet. Backstage, Sonya Deville is talking with Mandy, asking her why she wanted to be a thought all her life. And it's kind of a scandalous thing to do. Mandy's like, bitch, I don't want Jimmy. I just want to make Naomi's life a living hell. And if I can make her more miserable by trying to dig down her husband. Why wouldn't I do that? The 
So she wants to break up the marriage, really because she just don't like black people. Anyway, backstage, Joe is asked why he attacked Mustafa. He says that this is a statement. This will be his very first Royal Rumble match. He yells at the 29 other superstars and says what he did with Ali is the same respect that he is going to show all of them, a.k.a. not none. He will hunt down every champion and put them to sleep. Okay. Andrade versus Rey Mysterio. Rey goes for the 619. Almas catches him. He sets him up with a fireman's carry. But Rey counters. Ooh. With a crucifix stomp. Bomb. Two count. 619 almost again. Vega tries to stop it. Rey hits the corner. He goes up top. Selena's on the apron. Sienna's up and crouches Rey because she was a distraction. Uh-oh. There's a hammerlock DDT from the turnbuckle. Cien wins. What does Andrade have in store for Mysterio? Oh, no, no, no. They're going up to the turnbuckle. Oh, and Mysterio able to escape. Mysterio might have played a little possum. Let Andrade get a little more comfortable than he should have been. A veteran move there for Mysterio. Going up to the top turnbuckle now. Turning the tables. Mysterio oh, drops Andrade. Holy. Oh, this arena just came to its feet. This is insanity. The will to win will drive men to do incredible feats, as we oh, just saw. for the 619, but it was caught. Caught by Andrade. Crucifix oh, boom. Cover. Oh, they popped out at two. Talk about an emotional roller coaster. My goodness. Andrade's avoided it twice. Oh, Vega tried to intercept the 619, but he dialed it up anyway. Third time was the charm for Mysterio, but can he finish the job? Mysterio going to the top oh, and uh, the dime. Zelina running interference. The business assistant. Oh. The momentary hesitation caused by Vega allowed Andrade to stay in this battle. An incredible matchup, but it's an absolute shame for Zelina Vega to now be a factor. Oh, I think Zelina Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hammerlock DDT from the top turnbuckle. Andrade the cover. Andrade has pinned the legend. Rey Mysterio again. Here is your winner, Andrade. Via distraction by Zelina Vega. Get you one. That was a damn good match. Yeah, it was. It's one of those things that like, I don't want to see no one matches up with you, but it, they're just so it's like no wonder they're just like, yeah, sure, one more. It's great. It'll be fine. One more match. Ooh, who's this man with the beard? Y'all got me watching 205 Live. Anyway, back from commercial. Uh, they're having a celebration for Shane. Miz is already in the, wi- the ring. He welcomes us to the best birthday bash in the world. Uh, we need a birthday boy to have a birthday bash. That's a lot of alliteration. Shane's happy. He shakes the Miz's hand. Shane thanks um, Miz and Birmingham as a whole city for his birthday. He's not comfortable with birthday parties. Miz is like, bitch, this ain't Chuck E. Cheese. What you want? It's a whole arena of people who love you. And I called your favorite bakery, and I got your specific cake, and I got you two fancy cakes. Now, one of the fancy cakes is a photo of Miz and Shane with the Best in the World trophy. Um, he says it means so much to him, blah, 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 yada, 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 emotions, feelings, whatever. So the Miz gives him a gift. Shane opens it up. What could it possibly be but brand new Ash Jordans? So Shane loves it. Miz says they can wear any color they want. Next gift is a video 
that's a video package of Shane. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Everything that matters. He said he always dreamed about being tag team champions. And his first partner was going to be Andre the Giant. Get it? But he was very proud to be walking into the Rumble with the Miz as his partner. Um, the crowd in the bar in the Miz thing, they're interrupted by the bar. Uh, Shane's like, didn't nobody invite you? Actually, didn't nobody even invite Vince. So <laughs> Shane's like, you double teamed us last week. You must think you a real tough guy. Shane is. And so Shane has an idea. Since you so tough, why don't you fight the Miz? Miz is like, I ain't even ready for that. I'm in a suit. I look good. Shane said he wasn't ready either during the tournament, and he still won. So Miz is the A-lister, the most must-see superstar in history. So Miz, of course, says yes. The things, they happen, but all that matters is Miz wins with a roll-up because Sheamus was distracted. Take a drink. Any drink. Even water. Because we're all trying to be skinny icons. So if you don't want to drink whiskey or beer, drink your water. We'll be back on vodka next week. After the match, Sheamus attacks the Miz. Shane comes in. There's a spinning back elbow off the ropes. There's a skull-crushing finale from The Miz. Shane drags Sheamus into the corner. Miz calls for it. Shane hops off the top rope, does the coast-to-coast. Miz grabs the top tier of the cake that isn't busted and holds it in front of Sheamus' face. Shane stands. He flies. It's a mess. It's what we need. It's what we love. And that is how your SmackDown ends for the week. Sheamus into the post. Miz on the move. Big drop kick in the corner. The one half of the SmackDown Tag Champs is in trouble. Miz is starting to roll. In slacks, mind you. And Miz once again. There's a trouser sack. Drop by Sheamus. Here's the truth. Sheamus and Cesaro is one of the best tag teams, one of the most prolific tag teams of the last 10 years here in WWE. There's only six other teams in history who've won five tag team titles or more. The bar has been that good. We, we agree with you, White, which is why I would never bet against Sheamus and Cesaro as a tag team. And look out! Oh, Shane took advantage while the ref was doing What? Oh, tag? No! Table! That tracksuit was nice! The cake. Always make more cake. Oh, look oh wait a minute, wait a minute, Miz, Miz trying to take advantage. He pinned Sheamus. Here is your winner, the Miz. But Byron, I think they have a chance. Uh, well, look, at, they do have a chance. I don't know if it's a good chance, but Shane McMahon have a chance to win this SmackDown. Oh, oh. Oh, wait a minute, back inside the ring, Sheamus assaulting the Miz after the fact. And here comes Shane McMahon to the defense of his tag team partner. Bunches in bunches from Shane O'Mac. Oh, Shane with the elbow off the ropes. And the mark of a good tag team is having your partner fast. Skull crushing finale. Shane McMahon definitely has the back of the Miz. Shane wants to go coast to coast. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. I mean, Miz did fly this purple baker all the way out here to make this kick. He might as well put it to good use. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, this will be oh a first boy. No, 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 no. Coast to coast for the birthday boy. Coast to cake, Phillips. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> 
the co-besties, the self-proclaimed best tag team in the world, certainly shifting the momentum, heading towards the Royal Rumble event. I think Shane O'Mac still looks a little worse for wear, despite his little holiday exclamation point, his birthday exclamation point. Well, it proves what Shane McMahon and the Miz are willing to do for each other. Look, it seemed like an outlandish prospect for Shane McMahon and the Miz to be a tag team, and perhaps it's not such an outlandish thought that we could be looking at the next SmackDown Tag Team Champion. You never know, Saxton. It might be a piece of paint. <laughs> when Shane McMahon landed, he had that look on his face that said, I damn near just collapsed my whole left side. <laughs> Like, Every time he does it, he's like, I shouldn't do it. But he keeps doing it. It's so interesting. Yeah, he sure does. That was a rough one, though. I feel like they've all been rough for like the last three years. <laughs> Why did the Miz have the cake facing the wrong way? Uh, oh, we skipped the part where uh, Nebe is beating the shit out of Mandy Rose in the uh, hotel room. Sure did. How did I miss it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jimmy goes to the door. He's looking a little hesitant. He walks in. She's there in a. It wasn't even very sexy lingerie, if I'm honest. She was pretty covered, but she was in her little underwear, and he's kind of standing close to her, like, "What are you doing?" Out of nowhere comes a photographer to take pictures, and he's like, "Oh, that's what this is." And she was like, "Yeah, what's it gonna be like when your wife sees this picture?" He's like, "Oh, my wife. Oh, my wife. Oh, okay." And he kind of just walks out of the room. Now, Mandy's kind of confused because he seems very calm about this. Closes the door. All of a sudden, you turn. Here's Naomi in this all yellow giving Kill Bill realness. And was like, remember that episode of Martin with Miss Trinidad? When Gina came in the door and was like, no, bitch, I want you. How did you know my name was Gina? It was very bad. Mm-hmm. It was all of that. It was Beatrice Kiddo plus Gina. And Naomi. That's what it was. Um, and, you know, she put the paws on the girl. Now, it didn't end the way I wanted it to end, but it ain't like Mandy beat her ass either. She just kind of got the best of her at the end, made a quick getaway. Jimmy came in and was like, you alright, babe? She was like, I ain't get her how I wanted to get her. But I'm gonna get her. And I'm trying to tell you, it ain't, it ain't all fake. Yeah, because Mandy hit her with a kind of live one, and then Naomi hit her with a couple of live ones. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I know a lot of people aren't digging the storyline, but I can watch Naomi beat up Mandy Rose every week. <laughs> it's the I highlight think, of the show to me. Oh, I will say, I like that they did it this way. Because had Jimmy just gone to the room, and like she happened to find him in the room, that would have been messy and nasty and I don't want no parts but Jimmy being the kind of dude who told his wife this was the plan and she was like okay let's go like that I love I love that you gotta commit your shenanigans together I enjoyed that I was a big fan of that yeah. I just need her to really whip that ass cause you're not gonna you're not gonna make me believe that Mandy Rose can beat up Naomi without help yeah like if somebody's gonna help for sure but if you just talking one-on-one in a wrestling match i don't believe it in a fight i certainly don't believe it so like let's cut the shenanigans a little bit because trinity will whoop her ass you know <laughs> like, let's just be clear yeah this was a fun episode of smackdown i liked it a lot you know that's, that's what we do consistency that's y'all's deal 
consistently good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also consistently good. What? If people support our sponsors over on yes. CSPN.us. Yes. Go to our website at the top of the page. Click on the tab that says keep our podcast free. Shout with our many sponsors to help keep all the podcasts here on the network free. Coming to you each and every week. Some of your purchase will come back to us. And then with that purchase, we can help buy new mics and help the sound quality pay your bills to help keep all the podcasts free each and every week. So please, again, support the sponsors over on CSPN.us. Time for some NXT. We start off hot. The Metro Brothers versus the Street Profits. The Street Profits are hyping each other up, allowing one of the Metro Brothers to tag out. They're getting each other so hyped that Montez Ford gets shoved down, so gets shoved so hard he hits the floor. Uh, Dawkins slaps both members. Montez Ford finds it funny. We get attacked to Ford. He hits a big spot, frog splash, and the Street Profits they get the win. As the Street Profits celebrate, the Forgotten Sons show up and they jump them. It's going about even until Jackson Riker joins the fray. The crowd chants, "We forgot you!" While <laughs> The Forgotten Sons uh, beat down the Street Profits and they're posing over Montez Ford. Stay Forgotten are the next set of chants as they're beating up on Dawkins. Oh, oh, that's rude. (laughs) (laughs) Backstage, Kathy Kelly interviews Matt Riddle. He's standing with Keith Lee and he says she asks if if, uh, Matt Riddle will be at ringside with his bro. Matt says he can't because he's not cleared. But he would love to be there. Riddle wants Keith Lee to save some of Ono for him. Then we get an Aleister Black promo. He says that Tommaso Ciampa can feel that his time is coming up. He said Black will assolve him of his sins and take him and take back his NXT title. He challenges Ciampa to start the fight early next Wednesday. Bianca Belair, she comes out to address mm-hmm. the fans to undefeated chance. Yes. Bianca says that she sent Nikki Cross packing and everyone learned that she can't be held down. It's her time to finish her climb. She says that she has 2020 vision on the NHC title, even though it's early 2019. Bars. She says that she sees Santa Baszler and the horsewoman galloping behind her. She thinks she's the baddest, but Bianca is walking out with the title because she's undefeated. Okay. That brings out Shayna and her buddies. Shayna says she doesn't see what makes Bianca the EST. Even though she's fast, strong, and has set performance center records, Shayna says Bianca isn't smart because if she was, she'd understand that her arms will get torn off in uh, NXT Phoenix Takeover. Bianca hits her with the girl. Uh, the only thing her arms will do is hold that title high at okay. the end of the match. Shayna claims that Bianca is afraid to fight her and get broken in half. She doesn't want to go from undefeated to overrated so that triggers dueling chance of undefeated and overrated as the women have a stare down Shayna backs her friends away telling Bianca not to worry about them when Shayna turns back to Bianca Shayna gets the dog shit slapped out of her <laughs> Bianca ducks shots from Jessamine and Marina before escaping to the outside of the ramp and the three horsewomen are furious <laughs> Ah, they look dirty. All three of them. The the okay. Yeah, in general, they look like 
Um, you know how like you share a hotel room and it only comes with that little bit of body wash, but it's three of y'all, so it ain't enough. <laughs> it's like that. Oh goodness. Um, Bianca Belair growing into the hero that you've always wanted. Mm, I'm so excited for her. Yeah, this was a good segment for her. It's her first real like you know in ring promo. She handled the back and forth well with Shayna, and she got the best of it at the end too. So. Yeah, Mm-mm. good stuff. Good but she stuff. hit her with that girl. Uh-uh. I was like, yes, it works <laughs> in all sorts of situations. <laughs> she has a very um, natural, like talking promo style. Even mm. though it's scripted, she she has enough inflection where it sounds like she's conversating and not just reciting. So that's really good. Um, I don't mean to interrupt, but Brian Kendrick looks like a totally different person now. Like the Brian Kendrick of 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he's got... Beard. He needs to grow that beard back. I, I don't like it. He looks highly untrustworthy these days. He always kind of looked like a used car salesman. This does not help anything. So we had our next match between Adrian Jowd versus Dominic Dijak. Or Diakovich, as WWE wants to change his name all up. Uh, Adrian catches a stop and goes for a knee bar, but Diakovich is too big and he gets to the ropes easy. We get a kick from Adrian, but he charges into a big boot. And Dom- Dominic Diakovich gets to win with his finisher, to Feast Your Eyes. We get a War Raiders video package showing them being very Viking-like. They direct the promo at the Undisputed Era, saying that their dynasty will crumble. They say that the Undisputed Era will end in Phoenix, and that's Undisputed. Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am? Oh, no, I didn't have anything to say. I just, I don't know that I believe that. <laughs> then we have a video recap of uh, the NXT UK takeover from Blackpool. Uh, if you are a member of our Patreon page, you will also get our review. Miss, me and Miss Didi Jone have a review of the NXT UK show over on our Patreon page. So you go check that out. Next up, Umberto Carrillo versus Johnny Gargano. Carrillo lands a, a back roll into a standing moonsault for a two count. Gargano cuts him off with a super kick and a lawn dart. Gargano wins with the slingshot DDT. Johnny then addresses Ricochet to the camera. He tells Ricochet to show up next week and he'll show Ricochet all the respect that he deserves. Backstage, DDT's fave, Tommaso Ciampa, mm. He's addressing Aleister Black about his challenge to fight next week. Chapa says he only competes on the biggest stages because that's what main event players do. Though he wouldn't expect Aleister Black to know about that. He wants Aleister Black to be careful what he wishes for. That's an especially vicious dig because the whole time Aleister Black had the uh, NXT championship, he never was the main event. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Damn, Gina. <laughs> uh, we get a cool Velveteen Dream uh, promo talking about all his accomplishments in 2018 and what he has in store for 2019. Then we get our main event, Hoss match between Cassius Ono and Keith Lee. We get the pounce from Keith Lee, but Cassius Ono grabs the ropes to prevent the next bit of offense. Ono shoves Lee into the ref, and then he gets hit with a big right hand. As Keith Lee is checking on the ref, Cassius Ono hits him with a low blow. Cassius Ono hits the rolling elbow, and Cassius Ono gets the win. Even though he's not cleared to wrestle, Matt Riddle attempts to run down and attack Cassius Ono, 
but he's held back by the refs. He breaks free, but Cassius Ono escapes before Matt Riddle can get to him. And that's how we end this week's NXT. Nice. Now, Miss Didi Jone, I know you don't usually watch NXT, but you, you, you tuned in for this one. Um, we know that you like him husky. Yes. So that main event was right up your alley. No. No. <laughs> neither neither one of those guys no, entering the, the creep cast. Me. Neither. No, okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I just had this discussion at work. I was like, it's all over the place. Like I find a lot of things attractive, but for some reason, what's his name? Cash is, I don't know. He don't do it for me. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with them. It's just like, oh, okay. Cassius Ono looks like a fat Chris Hemsworth. Like, like, like Thor, be... like Thor discovered ham sandwiches. I don't see how that would be a problem. <laughs> I think Chris Hemsworth is giving him a lot. Like, maybe a lesson. Like, oh, by Odin's like beard. It's, it's pastrami sub. Maybe like a Chris, no, like a Chris Pratt. The dad body, yeah, maybe that. <laughs> what was your overall impression of this week's edition of NXT? Since you don't watch regularly, I'd like to, you know, hear your opinion of kind of, you know, the stories or whatever. What stood out yeah. to you? I don't watch every time I do watch, I'm like, I should watch. Like, I always enjoy myself. It always, even if it doesn't make sense, it's, it's good fun. It's It goes fast, it's not like it drags. Nothing. Nothing takes a long time. Nothing's like, oh, could you get off? The, you know, like when John Cena shows up, there are no John Cena's in it. <laughs> so you don't have that problem. It's great. Yeah, there's a story of uh, Chris Hero, a.k.a. Kashisono, where he says that he realized that he needed to make a change in his diet when he was wrestling Fit Finley. And like he kind of floundered on the floor for a bit. Mm-hmm. Fit Finley said, get up, you fat pig. <laughs> he said that was the day he decided to lose a bit of weight. I bet. Yeah, he's still coming in at about two seventy though. He kind of he, he's kind of back and forth with it. But I mean, he looks skinny compared to Keith Lee, who's like three fifty. That's a big boy doing dives and shit. Can we talk about how Kurt Hawkins and Buddy Murphy are the same person or no? <laughs> Cause. I'm looking at Buddy Murphy right now, and I don't know how this ain't Kurt Hawkins. Like, could you say so? Like, it's clearly Kurt Hawkins. Like, That's funny. Sam, you got any uh, thing going on in the indies? Yeah, uh, I got a little ROH Honorary Supreme. I'm just going to run run through it real quick. Okay, go ahead. Uh, let's see here. Opening match. Nothing too exciting. Have you heard of these uh, Shinobi Shadow Squad? It's basically Cheeseburger and two. And two uh, two young boys. Oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, the, one of the young boys, a guy named Eli, Eli Isom, that dude is going to be somebody. He 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 basically looks like a biracial Carlito. Um, he's going to be a star. Just watch. He's he, that that boy. Good. Cheeseburger on the other hand is not. Cheeseburger is a person. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, because he's a little skinny uh... dude, so his thing is he's so skinny he needs to eat a cheeseburger, and that kind of became his gimmick. He's just, yeah, they just call him Cheeseburger. We can, we can call that clever, sure. <laughs> but yeah, his little job squad, Shinobi Shadow Squad, yeah. But that one dude, Eli Isom, he, he's going to be something. 
Uh, Beer City Bruiser versus Mark Haskins. Mark Haskins is actually pretty good. Uh, he can, the boy, that dude can wrestle. Uh, Finjuice, uh, Don. Finjuice versus Best Friends. Oh, this is pretty, pretty good, I, I bet. Uh, Dave Finley, Dave Finley can work. Like, I expect to see him in NXT anytime soon. Nah, sometime soon. Nah, he should get, he should get, a, think so? I think he's still under contract with New Japan. He should go to ROH and kind of be on ROH's TV for a lot of this year. Dude, ROH is going to have TV after, after AEW is signing talent left and right. And also, half their talent now is going to NXT. So, I don't know. Because every time they get a every time they get a guy a, a bruiser or something, he's gone. Punishment Martini is gone. Thought of Dijak gone. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll it seems see. like they can't keep talent. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Dave Finley, he he definitely needs to be in NXT. Uh, let's see, Flip Gordon versus Tracy Williams. I didn't see where he injured himself, so I can't call it. Uh, Tracy Williams, though, I, I I did see him in Evolve like about two years ago. He's pretty good too. Uh, Tracy Hot Sauce Williams. And see Delirious Luchasaurus, Shane Helms versus the Kingdom. Matt Taven running the Kingdom is not a good luck. They need to get somebody else in there to, to run that. Cause oh, he doesn't do it as good as Matt Bennett did? No, like, uh, yeah, what's his name? The one is uh, Mr. Canellis. Yeah, he, he was the man. He was the, he was the man in, in, in the Kingdom. And even Matt Hardy, when Matt Hardy was running things. like, Or and even uh, the other guy, uh, the bald dude. He's also he's also like a, he's like an agent in, in, in NXT now. Oh, Adam Pierce. Uh, Adam Pierce, uh, another bald dude. So anyway, he's a uh, yeah. When he when the three of them were in uh, the kingdom and like Matt Taven was like a young boy, that was pretty good. That was some really good stuff. But just Matt Taven running things is not no way. Like Vinny Marcellia is kind of a joke. TK O'Ryan is all right, but uh, yeah, PJ Black versus Bandito. Uh, PJ Black looks like he's aged about 20 years in the last five years. Like, what the hell? That's what all those dives and entries are due to you, man. He just looks old. Uh, see, he's pretty good. Uh, Bandito is a, is a, Bandito is really, really good. Um, they had a good match. Bandito won. Uh, the, the two actually shook hands and hugged after the match, which is kind of not what I'd expect from PJ Black, but I guess. Uh, Jeff Cobb. It's the Jeff Cobb show. He's undefeated in ROH. And of course, he beat Shane Taylor, Titus, and Jonathan Gresham. Uh, let's see. What about yeah, Women of Honor, Kelly Klein? She's still doing her thing. I like her. Uh, they had a street fight. Her and Jenny Rose. Uh, this took a lot of unnecessary bumps, but still, it's okay. Uh, Silas Young, the Briscoe Brothers against Villain Enterprises. This is my first time seeing PCO since he left WWF in 1998. Oh, actually, WCW. He left WCW in 1998. I don't get what the big deal is. He's just a big dude who takes bumps, and he looks like he's dying afterwards. Yeah, that's the deal. Car crash TV. Like it's not impressive. Like the way they were building, the way they've been building him up lately, is that he's like the second coming of Ric Flair or something. No, this guy takes he's just, he's just got a lot of bumps. yeah. He's just got a lot of hype because he's fucking taking these incredible bumps and. Like you said, it looks like he's getting killed every time that he takes one. Yeah, so he took a bump off the apron. He hit the hardest part of the apron. On a Canadian Uh, destroyer, right? uh, It was a really, I think it was like against Mark Briscoe. Uh, So someone asked him, are you dead? And uh, no, yeah, are you dead? He said, yes. Uh, He does a cannonball onto the Briscoe brothers from the outside. Uh, So yeah, he's just not, I just don't get it. I'm not going to get this. I'm not going to get it either. 
Uh, let's see here. Dalton Castle versus Jay Lethal. Just about what you'd expect. Jay Lethal retains. Really good match. Uh, altogether, this was a pretty good show for being uh, free on their network. Can't wait for Dalton Castle to get back to 100%. He got injured a lot in 2018, kind of stole a lot of his shine. But I know you mentioned him a couple of years back, and I saw him, and I was like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And then, Yeah, like when I first told you about him, you were like, what? Yeah, and then they did the thing with New Japan, uh, one of those uh, ROH New Japan crossovers. And uh, he came out, and then I was like, the entrance took like seven minutes. And then I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has a very he has a very Japanese entrance. Like There was this one match he was wrestling uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. And during the match, like him and the, boy, uh, the boys and Jushin Thunder Liger dropped into the pose. And I thought that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, uh, Kelly Klein has a match. She's defending her title on TV coming up against Raquel Vaughn. I don't know if you've ever heard of Raquel Vaughn. Negative. She's a local girl. Uh, actually, uh, she trained around here. Uh, she's she's going to uh, – she's been wrestling for about 10 years. But, yeah, she's from the area. And uh, she's going to get a title match against Kelly Klein. So you should check her out. She's basically doing, like, a baseball gimmick. She's a uh, Raquel Vaughn, as in uh, Ricky Vaughn, you know, from Major League. Gotcha. She comes out to Wild Thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should check. You should check her out. She's very entertaining because she does like baseball related moves. Okay. Like she does. She does the whole round the bases thing where she goes to the turnbuckles and stuff. Okay. All right. So yeah, that. she uh, that's gonna be on TV. I think coming up this Sunday, or whatever whatever ROE shows on your local show. Right. Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, but yeah, the Jenny Rose versus Kelly Klein match was pretty good. At one point, uh, Kelly Klein steals the tie from one of the ring announcers, and Cole Cabana, who's doing who's doing commentary, says, "We might have a Justin Roberts situation here," <laughs> which, as you know, is a callback to the time Daniel Bryan choked out Roberts with his own tie. Yeah, and got suspended, kicked off his first night. Yeah. So yeah, the only negative I had to say about this one match is like they were doing a thing, they were doing a spot on a table. Where Kelly Klein does a backdrop onto the table with uh, Rose on her back, trying to give her a sleeper hold. They took forever to set this up, as if both women were like too scared to jump. And at the same time, you could hear her. They put the camera right in her face as she calls the spot. Like that's that's amateur hour. Use another angle or something. Quick cut. They got to go to the Kevin Dunn School of Production. Because that would that really made it really look really amateurish. Gotcha. Uh, that's about it. Pretty good show. It was free. For subscribers to their network. So at this point, I'm going to turn it over to Miss Didi Jonet for her thank you, shout outs, and all that good stuff. Uh, shout out to you all. Great chairman. Mel, because Mel still always gets shout outs. Um, shout out to my work wife. And shout out to Buddy Murphy, who is Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> Mr. Samuel Kalunga, your shout-outs and thank yous. Uh, shout-out to you guys, of course, all of y'all. Uh, Greg, everybody. Uh, shout-out to, uh, to Quantessential R. We will be back doing the uh, the uh, the Red and Black show pretty soon. Uh, so that's patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media for the Red and Black WrestleCast. The holidays kind of got us in, the, in this weird little flux, so we're trying to get back on a schedule. So that's about it. Shout-out to Lady Nikki as well out there. And also... Uh, if anybody planning on going to WrestleMania and wants to see a show or something or do whatever, hit me up. Let me know. 
He'll be up on the rack sheets on Twitter. All right. I'd like to give a shout out to Samuel Kalunga returning as our Rawcast correspondent this week. Miss Didi Jonay for returning as our SmackDown Matters correspondent. Give a shout out to the Rawcast broadcast journalists, none other than Magnum Prime. Give a shout out to everybody who was in the Rawcast and SmackDown Matters and God Save the Cast live tweets this week. Give a shout out to the Glow, all the Russell Bays. Give a shout out to everybody here on the network who helps produce all the content that keeps the network being so great. I appreciate them so very much. Like I said, head over to Patreon, get some exclusive content over there. Patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Sign up for Backstage Pass and you'll gain access to all our exclusive content. And that's pretty much it for this week. Like I said, I'm glad to have Sam back. He can, you know, giving us the raw cast review as only he can. So hopefully he can uh, give us a couple of weeks in a row and uh, we'll have the gang all back together heading into Royal Rumble and NXT TakeOver and all that good stuff. So on behalf of Samuel Kalunga, Magnum Prime, and Miss Didi Jonay, I'm Don DeLorente. This has been episode 220 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. You see, 20 years ago, when everyone left this man high and dry, Stone Cold Steve Austin, see you, Vince. The Rock, see you, Vince. The current Universal Champion, Brock Lesnar, take this job and shove it, Vince. I'm going to play football. You didn't know what to do. You turned around at a crew of rejects and misfits, and you begged somebody to step up. And I walked up to you and looked you in the eyes like a man. And I said, you give me a chance, and I will not let you down. And you gave me a chance, and I didn't let you down. And then you gave me another chance, and another chance, and another chance, and another chance, and more and more and more and more chances. I miss birthdays, weddings, and funerals for this. And I am not saying that, Mr. McMahon, for your sympathy. I'm saying it because stepping up isn't putting your life on hold for this. Stepping up here is making this your life and loving every second of it. Give me a chance, Vince. I will not let you down. Your time is up. And my time is now. So just like Stone Cold... Just like The Rock and just like Lesnar, you can leave. All right, all right, all right, all right. Look, earlier tonight, my life was threatened by Braun Strowman. No, I'm not the type of guy that has a lawyer on speed dial, Mr. McMahon, I think we can both agree what's best for business is you give me a universal championship match against Brock. I'm a little tired of always being left out.
one of these types of conversations. I mean, you three in the ring, you can make claims to a lot of things. But I am the only person out here who has ever been Universal Champion. And maybe one day you will again, but there's a lot of beef out here. You've got extraordinary agility, tremendous speed. You've got it all, except against Brock Lesnar. Against all this beef. Then you're a great competitor. I don't know. You know, Vince, let's be honest. You never believed in me. Well, you hear that? Those people do. And I know you're stubborn and nothing I say is going to change your mind. So how about I show you? 